Hello and welcome to episode 15 of the Right For Your Life podcast. Um, I'm afraid I'm on my own today, um, but I wanted to get a podcast out there um, and I didn't have didn't have my uh, usual uh, wing partner, but I thought, what the heck, I'll do one anyway. And the reason I'm going to do one anyway is because I was slightly revved up to all ready to go. And because um, I've had a question, imagine that we've had a question um, and it's from... A chap called Michael, who left a comment, he didn't leave his, his surname or anything like that, but he left a comment on my stupid little other podcast called Chat Broom. Um, and it was a, it was a, an episode on there that I did, just a couple of minutes, talking about sentences, as in words put together as opposed to um, punishment for criminal activity. And he said, really great podcast, very kind. He says, you've touched on rhythm a couple of times now. I'd like to hear you. I'd like to hear you and Manuela talk at length about rhythm in prose. Keep up the good work. Well, I shall try and keep up the good work, but unfortunately, Manuela isn't here to talk to, talk to me um, about rhythm. But I thought that I'd give it a go myself, as it's me that keeps going on about it. Um, so I, I guess the reason I do keep going on about uh, rhythm, and I say keep going on, I mentioned it in a few posts, and I've also mentioned it in a couple of other podcasts as well. Um, but to me, it's kind of what makes writing good um it's this kind of the difference between uh fairly tired pedestrian uh difficult to read sort of just bad writing and um and good writing i think i think it's all about rhythm there are lots of people who are who are good writers but the the challenge the trick is um about being able to construct sentences um uh, and then construct another sentence next to those sentence, sentences and for it to all kind of work and flow and have rhythm. Um, so it's um, it's a structure issue. It's about structuring your writing. Um, and really that's what I think is at the heart of, uh, of all good writing. And, um, and there are no real sorts of restrictions. It's not like a certain type of writing that I think needs to have uh, more rhythm or better rhythm. Um, I, I don't know, obviously poetry is... Um, a type of writing that is uh, intrinsically linked with the idea of rhythm, um, and and that makes perfect sense. But it's not it's not just that. I mean, I actually think that um, my copywriting, what I do as a day job, you know, anyone's copywriting, or or a good blog post, or a good piece of journalism, what tends to make it good, apart from having a compelling subject, I suppose, um, is is the rhythm. It's the it's the structure of the piece, the way that it's that it's physically constructed. Um, and, uh, and yeah, so it's, it's kind of, there are no sort of hard and fast rules. Um, but I thought that I'd talk, um, a little bit about how, how I approach it because I actually, I actually think that I went from, this is something else that I've, I've talked about before on the website. I think not on a podcast actually, but I've, I've written about this before, but I, I was kind of, let's say I was, um, by the way, in all of this, I'm not somehow making out that I'm brilliant at rhythm or that I'm some kind of fantastic writer and and you know telling you what to do or anything like that but obviously it's always best when you're trying to explain something to uh, use yourself as an example so basically i think that i was um a reasonable writer when i before i started writing my novel but actually it's more 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 of a significant landmark and that's when i before i started um being a copywriter or back in the day i was more of a copy editor actually and I worked for the university, Sheffield Hamlin University's um, editorial team. 
and the the part of the the actual job wasn't really wasn't very well paid but it was also not really for um a writer as such it was kind of an admin job it's kind of a glorified admin job um where i had to keep a content management system um running and updated with the prospectus entries so you know all the the print prospectus but also the online prospectus and that was kind of you know it was a fairly it was a fairly it was billed as a fairly um uh, straightforward menial job but it could it'd be handy if you had a bit of writing experience as well. That was very much the waiting, and obviously I just came out of an English degree, and I was um, I was just uh, I was kind of probably in the middle of my masters or something like that. God, it's a long time ago, and um, and so I guess I was a touch overqualified in a way. And obviously I I took I, I took the I'm blathering. It doesn't matter. But basically, what the job required um, eventually, once I kind of realised that, that that I could contribute more to the editing side of things. It was drilled into me, the idea of plain English. Now, this is something that I'll, I'm sure I'll write about in more detail further. Plain English is a bit of a dirty phrase at times. But actually, what it means is finding the clearest way possible to say something to a specific audience. Um, so I spent a lot of time cutting sentences down and cutting whole paragraphs down. In my interview, I had to cut down a 100-word paragraph to, I think it was either 40 or 50 words, which isn't always easy to do. So... That was what I was doing just as I was starting to... I was writing short stories and I was just about to start writing my novel. And uh, when I did start writing my novel, having been doing this this kind of um, harsh copy editing for a while, um, I realised that I'd suddenly learnt or I'd practised and developed uh, the skill of uh, writing with rhythm. Um, and if I look at my novel then and compare it to some of my earlier short story work, there isn't really any comparison. It's not that it's not that the writing is particularly bad in those old short stories. It's just that I didn't have that kind of the the rhythm, the kind of the the structure. The it wasn't crafted. I hadn't I hadn't sort of really edited it thoroughly so that it it flowed and it made you know it rolled off the tongue when I said it out loud. That kind of thing. So that's when I when I sort of started writing my novel I quickly realized that crikey this is this is me this is my voice this is this is this is what writing is it's about finding a way to give every single sentence um a certain rhythm whether it's a two word sentence or whether it's a a sentence that takes up an entire paragraph or an entire page the important thing is that uh, that every single time every single every single word counts and it's it's the rhythm um that makes it count excuse me um so yeah, what do I what what kind of I was trying to think when I was going to talk about this. I thought, what should I? What do I do? And I kind of, to be honest, it's kind of practice. You have to be a strict editor, and and with any writing, your first everyone knows your first, second, third draft. While it's not useless, they're not. It's not going to be the finished thing. You're not going to write something first off and have brilliant rhythm. What you need to do is to edit it and to practice and to, frankly, just uh, drill down into the nitty gritty and really study what you've written analyze it um so one of the things that i do is um is i said every word counts uh, just then what I, I would go as far to say that every syllable counts so i will literally as i'm writing um count out the syllables in my head and every time i write a sentence and this is probably why it takes me a while to write but every time i write a sentence or every time i write a paragraph let's say that's probably more realistic i will go back and i will I will I will count the syllables and just to see what kind of rhythm that I've I've uh, sort of put on the page, and then I can quickly see although that's kind of there's a couple of syllables extra there, and then I look for ways to 
to edit it and cut those syllables down so that the sentences flow together so that I can put one sentence next to another one and they can just work they can they don't jar they just flow into one another perfectly <coughs> excuse me so in that way uh, as I, as I kind of alluded to it's not really different to poetry Michael sort of asked us uh, to talk about um, rhythm in terms of prose which is which is what I'm doing but really prose is to me is is no different to poetry it's about um it's about meter and um and and uh finding the most finding the um i don't know finding finding a melody almost i know that's kind of not the opposite of rhythm but it's that it's that kind of hitting the right notes trying to treat it almost like music so that when it's spoken out loud it can have a certain didum 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 i'm not going to sing that's ridiculous but you know what i mean so <clears throat> I kind of just said there um, uh, that I read stuff out loud, and that's kind of another good piece of advice. If you're going to start analysing your work and trying to find rhythm by uh, really thinking about every single syllable and every single word and every single sentence and then every single paragraph, how it all melds together, um, then you really need to be reading out loud. So what I thought I would do, I think when you have a podcast on your own, you don't want these things to go on too long, I know. So what I'm going to do now is just, um, I just picked a paragraph, more or less at random, from my novel, and I'm going to try and read it uh, in a in an accentuated way, and hopefully that will um, highlight all the, well, the de dum de dum kind of thing that I'm trying to get at. <clears throat> So I have a short extract. I've copied and pasted it into a separate document, so I've got no idea which chapter it's from. You don't need any context, and frankly, the content doesn't really matter. So I, I kind of, the way I write my voice, I guess, my style, certainly with this novel, has been to use fairly short sentences, so almost jar them up against each other, which actually I've, sometimes when I go back to it after I've not read it for a while, actually feels a little tricky to uh, to read, uh, but um, which sounds ludicrous and, and uh, like that's a bad thing, but it's not because um, um, hopefully, as you're about to see, there is rhythm there. So, OK, here goes. We moved into the house the weekend before the wedding. It meant we had to delay our honeymoon for six months. We didn't mind, though. We'd found the house we'd been looking for, the house we wanted, number 18, Cressington Vale. Kitchen, bathroom, living room, two bedrooms, one master and one spare for when guests came, or if we ever had children. Two gardens but no garage. A spacious loft. It would be hard work, but it would be worth it. It would be perfect. We'd have to decorate. Use boxes for chairs until we found our own furniture. Keep frozen food in Don Donald's freezer. Our new neighbour. The one whose wife just left him. He had plenty of space. OK, so now I've read that out, I feel like a bit of a nit talking to myself and reading my own prose to myself. But hopefully that gave you some kind of idea of what I'm trying to talk about, um, in the, you know, the sense that hopefully you saw that there's kind of some rhythm there. So there are slightly longer sentences up against shorter sentences. There are bits where it's kind of an abrupt halt that goes into a slightly longer, more flowing uh, structure. But all the while there was that kind of, um, there's the kind of, oh, I'll do it again, da-dum, 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 kind of... Uh, kind of beat or kind of rhythm behind it um yeah and i think that's kind of all i wanted to say obviously i've got no one here to tell me that i'm talking absolute rubbish but never mind you can do that in the comments section <clears throat> of this post uh, of the uh, the one you know the post that goes with the podcast episode 
Um, so we usually do a, um, uh, what would we call it? We usually call it our favourite thing. But I'm going to just do, um, uh, it's not really our favourite thing because it's a terrible thing actually, but it's more of a, um, well, it's a kind of a, how, our most rubbish thing or my most rubbish thing. But it's also in the news, which is probably a more pleasant slant on things. So basically, uh, in the UK, this is something that I've linked to on Right For Your Life. In fact, it will probably be the post but one before this podcast, actually. And basically, the John Llewellyn Reese, uh, Prize has been suspended. This is a prize that's basically run and organised by Book Trust, uh, who, uh, for you US listeners in the UK, they they were recently part of the uh, in the news because uh, they've had a lot of uh, funding cuts, and um, as as many other arts organisations in the UK, which is also rubbish. <clears throat> um, but the uh, John Wen and Rees Prize, the thing is, it was founded, I'm going to read this kind of, just because I, I want to make sure I get it right, founded in 1942 uh, by the young wife of the author and RAF pilot John Wen and Rees, um, and who was killed in action during the uh, Second World War. And the point of this is that this prize has been going for an awful long time. I think it's the second oldest um, uh, literary prize in the UK. Um, and it's uh, 5,000 quid goes to the winner, and it goes to um, the best work of literature that could be fiction, non-fiction, poetry, or drama by a writer under 30, under 35. Um, so um, I am still ed- eligible for the next four years. Um, but that's if it's uh, that's if it's um, not suspended anymore. They say that next year it's going to be back up and running, and it'll be fine. But um, unfortunately, um, it's a bit of a tragedy that. This uh, prize, which has been won by many kind of illustrious uh, writers who've gone on to have extremely successful careers, is unable to even take place this year because of um, funding problems. It's a travesty, to say the least. On a positive note, though, um, good old Twitter, which I'm sure a lot of you uh, a lot of you use, um, has been a buzz today because uh, Ben Johncock, who is a novelist himself, and he writes for the Guardian, and uh, he's a blogger for bookseller and he has his own blog too um he took it upon you know took the uh, bull by the horns and started this uh, hashtag the you know hash jlr and um we had this idea to try and uh crowdfund um the prize so if if book trust couldn't afford to do it then why don't we all throw in i don't know let's say a fiver each everyone can club together and we can get this thing up and running and um, and it sounded fantastic. I was all ready to post about that and tell you to go and um, uh, and contribute to this. Um, but um, and he, he but Ben, you know, he got everyone into a frenzy and every you know it was, looked like it was all going to happen. But it turns out that it's um, actually a bit late this year to uh, to uh, get the prize up and running. So we'll have to um, make sure and keep our fingers crossed that it's there next year. But still, fantastic that we can um, bit of initiative that potentially we can try and fight these funding cuts and this type of thing um, by uh, clubbing together either financially or just just socially, just uh, everyone sort of getting together and saying this isn't right and uh, something needs to be done about it. So I'll link to, I'll link to the post that I've already posted and I'll, um, that should give you a bit more information about that too. So okay, just over 15 minutes, I think that's more than enough for a solo uh, uh, one-man podcast, excuse me. Um, I've noticed that you, you've probably noticed as well. It's probably quite unpleasant, but I've had a little bit of windy pops during this episode, and I've noticed that if you have to talk yourself for fifteen minutes, then it's actually inevitable you will either have to cough, uh, clear your throat, or have some kind of 
windy poppage. Um, so um, if nothing else, that's there are several good reasons for um, making sure that I have a co-host next time. So uh, thank you for listening. I hope the bit about rhythm made sense and that it was useful. Um, don't forget you can subscribe to this podcast in iTunes. And if you're a particularly nice person, as I'm sure you are, um, then uh, you could even leave a review in iTunes and say things like, wow, this is brilliant. It's probably the best thing I've ever heard. Um, and the more people that do that, then the better it is for Right for your life, right for your life, and uh, our ratings and and that kind of thing. So uh, that's it. Thanks for listening, and uh, speak to you next time. <laughs>